Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church, a campus of Mount Perrin North. We exist to help people live a Christ-centered life, and we hope that you are encouraged by today's message. Good morning, Canton Church. I am so glad to be here with you this morning. All of those who didn't go to the beach and didn't go out of town, I'm glad you got up. I know you're exhausted because school just ended and you're ready for a break. Good news is tomorrow you get that break. But as, as Matt said, my name is Trevor Heinemann. I am the student and volunteers pastor here at Canton Church. If I haven't had the opportunity and the honor to meet you, I would love to do so after service. But I get the privilege every single Wednesday night at 7 p.m. to come into this room and hang out with the greatest group of students, of middle schoolers and high schoolers, I think, in the world. And I absolutely love what I get to do here at Canton Church with working with them and hanging out with the students and also being able to be a part of the greatest, in my opinion, again, a little biased, the greatest group of volunteers in the world as well, of the people that give of their time and their energy to serve here at Canton Church is one of the greatest group of people that I've ever met in my life. Pastor Jeremy, who is our campus pastor, as you can tell, is not here today. Him and his wife, Corey, are in the air right now flying to Los Angeles to get away for a week for a much-needed and much-deserved vacation. I can't remember me and my wife, Lauren, were talking about it last night. I can't remember the last time that Jeremy and Corey got away, and so this is much needed. So just as you go through your week, think about, pray about them, that they just get refreshed and get some rest that they desperately, desperately need. But today is Memorial Day. If you haven't gotten that memo yet, more than likely you don't have to get up and go to work tomorrow. So that's good news for you if you do have to get up and go to work tomorrow. Thank you for the chicken biscuit that I'm going to be getting in the morning because Chick-fil-A, I think, is open. They may be a little open a little late, but they still open. So that's good news for all of us that wanted that chicken biscuit this morning, but they're closed on Sunday mornings. But it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm speaking. If it's your first, second, or third time to be with us, don't base your opinion of Canton Church upon me. Come back a week that Jeremy is speaking, and don't like never come to the church again because you had to listen to the youth pastor talk. Please come back next week. Jeremy's kicking off a new series. But today, as you can see on the screen, we are talking about the idea of remember. I felt it very appropriate to talk about this topic this morning, considering that it is Memorial Day weekend. And preparing for this sermon, I wanted to kind of get a better understanding of what Memorial Day was and when it started and where it started and how it started. So I did what any and every one of us always do when we need to do something or know something. I Googled it. And so I'm sitting at my computer and I Google, when did Memorial Day start? And as always, there's like 9,687 different options to choose from. And so I just start at the top, and I start clicking on links, reading a little bit, skimming it, clicking back, clicking on the next link, reading a little bit, skimming it. And I went through like 10 to 15 different web pages. And here's what I came to find out about what Memorial Day, how it became about, and how it started. Depending upon where you lived in the country in the late 1800s, you were convinced that you and your state or your city, or your north or south started Memorial Day. Every link I went to had a different, it started this date in this city in Mississippi, and then I'd go to the next link, and it was this date in this city in Virginia, and then the next link, this day in this state in North Carolina, in New York, and every link was telling me that it started somewhere different, because everybody was just claiming that they started Memorial Day. 
But here's what I do know for sure. Somewhere around 1888, or I'm sorry, 1868 to 1866, I'm 1866 to 1868, somewhere in, those, in that range, Memorial Day began. But it wasn't until 1971 that Congress passed an act making it an official national holiday. And every year on the Thursday prior to Memorial Day, the 3rd U.S. Infantry places small American flags at each of the more than 350,000 graves at Arlington National Cemetery and patrol it for 24 hours a day, all weekend long, making sure that every flag stays in place. How beautiful is that? That those soldiers, they put out that many of those little flags in the ground, and then all weekend long, they make sure that every single flag stays in place. So on Memorial Day, I felt that, again, that it'd be appropriate for us to talk about what it means to remember. And the Bible talks about this idea of remembering. And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next 25 to 30 minutes or so. But if it's okay with you, well, I don't really care if it's okay with you. I'm going to pray. I'm the guy with the microphone. I get to pray. I know we've already done it a couple times, and we're going to do it a couple more times. But I'm going to pray to get us started today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to speak to the people here at Canton Church. God, I pray that you be with us for the next little while while we meet together. And God, I pray that you speak through me to say what you would have the people here this morning. God, we love you and we thank you. And everybody said, amen. If you have your Bibles or your smartphone and you want to follow along, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. A lot of our time today, we're going to bounce around to a couple of other scriptures. But if you want to open up to 1 Corinthians 11, you'll be able to read most of the scriptures that we're going to have today in that chapter. If not, all of the scriptures are going to be on the screen. But our first chapter or our first verses today is verses 23 through 25 in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's read together. God, and it says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Here's Jesus sitting with his 12 disciples that he had spent the last three years in ministry with. They had done everything together. They had traveled together. They had cried together. They had prayed together. They had been together a lot. And Jesus is sitting here, and he knows what's coming in the, in the future hours of his life. And in this moment, sitting here having this Passover meal, he wants to give the disciples something to remember him by. It's interesting to me that they're celebrating the Passover meal. If you're unfamiliar with what the Passover meal was... It was the time every year on the Jewish calendar that they would celebrate God's literal passing over of them. If you remember back to Exodus, the Jewish people were in captivity in Egypt. And God had sent Moses in to talk to Pharaoh and said, they let God's people go. And Pharaoh wouldn't do it. And so all of these plagues happened and all of these terrible things had happened to the people there and to the country of Egypt. And then the final, the tenth plague came. And God was going to kill the firstborn son of every family. But he told the Jewish people that if you would take a sheep and you'd kill that and you'd put its blood across the top of your door, I will literally pass over your house and not kill the firstborn. And so every year the, or every year, the Jewish people would come back together and they would celebrate this. They would have a meal together and they would remember what God had done for them. I'm going to talk about this in a second, but it's interesting to me 
that in a moment where they're celebrating what God had done for them, Jesus is giving them something new that for the rest of humanity, we would be able to look back to remember that God had done something for us. So imagine, if you will, Jesus is sitting here with his 12 disciples, and he takes this bread and he breaks it. And as he's breaking it, you've got to know that he's thinking in the back of his mind that this is going to be my body in just a couple of hours. He knew that his body was going to be broken. He knew that nails were going to be driven into his hand. He knew that he was going to be whipped on his back. And then he took that juice, that red wine, and he poured it out. And he knew that as he was doing that, it was so symbolic. It had to have been, meant so much to him. That he was giving them something to remember for the rest of their lives that Jesus poured his blood out for me. In his last moments, with all of them gathered together, Jesus uses that moment to give them something to remember him by forever. In the verse we just read, it said, He took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. And then he said these beautiful, powerful words. Do this in remembrance of me. He knew what laid ahead of him. He knew that this would be one of the last times that he would ever be able to sit with his disciples and enjoy a meal. And he wanted to give them something that after he was gone, every time they sat down together for a meal, they can say, you remember the, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us? You remember that time that we sat with Jesus and he broke bread symbolizing his broken body that we all saw hanging on the cross. You remember that time he poured that juice out so that we would always remember that his body was broken and the blood poured out for us. Today, we're going to look at three things that the Lord's Supper encourages us in our lives to do on this Memorial Day weekend. The first thing, if you take notes, you can write these things down. If you don't take notes, they'll all be up on the screen. But the first thing that the Lord's Supper encourages us to do is it encourages us to look within. When you take communion, it encourages you to look inside yourself, to examine yourself, to see where are your flaws, to see what are the things that you need to work on, what are the things that you're holding on to that you need to give to God. I'm reminded of a story of a 10-year-old boy who was attending church with his family. And it came time, and in their services, they always did communion. And it came time for them to do communion. And the way that they did it is everyone would stand, and they would come down front, row by row. And he walked with his mom and his dad, and they came down, and the, they had a priest in their church. And so they would take the elements from the priest. And so the mom took it, and she ate of it. And then the dad took it, and he ate of it. And then the little boy following his parents came in behind and came to the priest. And the priest looked at him and said, I'm sorry, son, you're too young. Well, this just ticked this little kid off. And so he goes back to his seat, and he's sitting on the end of the row, and he just kind of crosses his arms, and he's just fighting mad. Like, I came to church, and all of the adults got to do it, and I didn't even get snacked today. Like, he's just mad. You know you've thought it. You've been so hungry. You're like, this may hold me over until lunch. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. I'm just kidding. So he's sitting there on the end of his row, and he's just mad. I don't understand why everybody got to do this, but I didn't. I'm too young. Well, then it came time for them to take up the offering. And so the ushers are going row by row, and they get to his row, and he's sitting on the end, and the usher goes to hand him the plate. And he looks up at the usher, and he goes, nope. 
And the usher is kind of confused, and he looks down, and he says, why? What's wrong? And he said, if I don't get any food, you don't get any money. <laughs> and what is that example of? What is that? that? To me, that's a bad attitude. And more than that, that's a bad spiritual attitude. And if I could say so respectfully this morning, I think that there might be some of us in this room that sometimes have a bad spiritual attitude. Maybe this morning or another morning, you and your spouse got into a fight on the way to church. It happened. And so you got into a fight, and then you came in, and during worship a couple of minutes ago, you weren't able to worship because you were still just so ticked off because of what was said in the car on the way here. Or maybe you've just kind of made your life part-time about God and full-time about yourself. That maybe you're going to give God 100% on Sunday mornings, and you're going to give God 100% when you go to your life group. And you may give God 100% when you serve in a community outreach environment. But the rest of the week, you're 9 to 5, you're Monday through Friday, you're going to make your life about you. And you've just said, you know what, God, I'll give you yours when I go to church. But the rest of the time, I'm going to make it about me. Or maybe you've just stopped reading your Bible. You've stopped praying, you've stopped listening to worship music, you've stopped doing devotions, and you've just decided, like, it's not doing anything for me, I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it, so I'm just going to stop doing it. Those are examples of different bad spiritual attitudes that you've just, you've had this with God, and then you're saying, I don't really want this, or I don't really need this anymore. 1 Corinthians 11, skipping ahead to verse 28. And 29 says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment upon themselves. Can I ask you a difficult question this morning? What do you see when you look within? When you examine your heart, when you examine your thought process, when you examine how you conduct yourself when you're alone, when you can, how you conduct yourself on your nine to five throughout the week when you're not in this place, what do you see? Because here's what happens every time I take communion. I'm holding these elements. I'm holding this little styrofoam-ish cracker. And I'm holding this little tiny cup of grape juice. And I'm sitting there and I contemplate to myself, am I worthy of this? Well, here's the unfortunate part for all of us as humans and the human nature that we live. None of us are worthy of it. But here's the difficult part that I face. Every time I hold those elements, I think to myself, what in my heart do I need to examine? I ask God every time I hold those elements, as I'm remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made on my behalf, I hold those elements and I say, God, what in my life have I made part-time about you? And full-time about me. God, in what ways of my life do I have a bad spiritual attitude? I ask myself, God, in what ways am I not spending enough time with you? God, show me my flaws. Show me the things that I need to work on. Because as I hold those elements, I can't help but to think about the sacrifice that he made for my freedom. The sacrifice he made so that I get the personal relationship with God, when you take communion, do you look within? And when you look within, what do you see that you need to give to God? The second thing that communion encourages us to do 
is communion encourages us to look back. Luke chapter 22, verse 19 And this is saying pretty much the same thing that everything else has said, but it's Luke's account. It says, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. And then here's those beautiful words one more time. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, This is my body. Here, this bread represents what I am going to do for you. Take this. And every time you take this bread again, please remember the sacrifice that I made. And then he took that juice and he poured it out and he gave it to them and said, every time you do this, please, please remember the sacrifice that I made. When we lose sight of God's past faithfulness, we don't factor him into the future either in our fears, or in the things that we are looking forward to. We've got to always remember what Christ has done for us. Have anybody ever been to a funeral for someone who has served in the military? If you've been to that, it's, it's such a beautiful representation of remembering someone. I can remember my grandfather's funeral several years ago. And at that point, you get to the point where you have the graveside service... And there's that American flag laid across the casket. And then at a certain point, there's a group of soldiers that come up and they take that flag and they fold it beautifully in this triangle that I would never be able to accomplish. And then they come and they give that to a loved one. And they hand that flag to them. And then that person gets to take that flag home and that person gets to keep that flag I can remember walking into different people's houses throughout my life and seeing maybe in a frame on the wall or sitting on the mantle, that flag shaped like a triangle. And you know what's so cool to me? Is that for that person that gets that flag, that family member that gets that flag, or me when I get to walk in and see that flag, for the rest of those family members' life, they get to hold on to something to always remember the sacrifice that was made for them. When you see those flags, and you're going to see tons of pictures on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter tomorrow of remembering the soldiers that have fallen throughout the course of the U.S. history. But as we see those flags, it's such a beautiful illustration to us to always be able to look back for the sacrifice that's been made on our behalf. And in the same way, when we take communion, that's what communion does for us. Every time I hold those elements, I'm holding that little cracker, I'm holding that little cup of juice. Just like that flag sitting on a mantle that always reminds me of the sacrifice that's been made. That's what communion serves the purpose for. It allows us to thank God and say, God, thank you. Jesus, thank you for dying on my behalf. For paying the ultimate penalty. For paying the ultimate sacrifice for me. The flag is such a beautiful illustration of remembering. I always have loved seeing it. And I've always loved seeing in the shape of a triangle because it always reminds me of the penalty, the price that's been paid for me. And then I look at communion 
And here's what's even more cool than just communion. What if it was every meal we ate? What if every time I sat down for a meal, every time there's food and drink in front of me, what if I looked at that and I said, God, thank you for the sacrifice that was made for me. Every time I go to a restaurant, every time I'm sitting at my house eating a meal, there's that, food, that plate of food and that cup of drink sitting in front of me. There's no difference. That was what Jesus was doing with his disciples. He was sitting around the table eating a meal. And he took something so ordinary, so plain, and made it so beautiful so that for the rest of humanity, every time we sit down at a table, every time we have a plate of food, every time we have a cup of drink, we're able to say, God, thank you for the sacrifice that was made for me. The next thing that communion encourages us to do, the third and final point, is that it encourages us to look ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 26 says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Communion encourages us to look ahead to the return of Jesus Christ. Growing up, I was like the stereotypical church kid. Like if the doors were open, I was there. We went to Sunday school on Sunday mornings and then Sunday morning church. And then we had church on Sunday nights because you remember when that was a thing. And so we'd go every Sunday morning. We'd go every Sunday night. We'd be there every Wednesday night. And then sometimes we'd have this thing called revival where we went to church every single night of the week. And then we'd have VBS. And then I'd also be there the week before VBS helping set up for VBS. I was always at church. I loved church, but I was always at church. And as a kid, I can remember the songs and the worship was a lot different than it is here at Canton Church now. And I can remember there were always so many songs about like heaven and so many songs about when we get to see Jesus and so many songs about when Jesus was returning. And I got to be honest, as a little kid, it scared me a little bit. I'm like, I really like my toys and I really like being able to play baseball and I really like to be able to hang out with people. Like, I'm excited about that ish, but I kind of want to live life. And as a little kid, I couldn't really comprehend the fact that like, it wasn't happening tomorrow, or maybe it was, but like it just kind of scared me a little bit having all of these songs like talking about Jesus someday in the future. But as I've gotten older, and as I've grown and matured in my spiritual walk, there's something really exciting about those songs. There's something really exciting about the fact and the idea and the thought process of someday I get to spend eternity with Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, or I'm sorry, chapter 26, verse 29. This is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. How incredible is that? But there comes a day in all of our lives that if we've chosen to walk a life with Jesus, if we've chosen to live this Christ-centered life, if we've asked him to come and be the Lord and Savior of our lives, there comes a day where this meal that he had with the disciples, you and I get to sit at a table with Jesus. And our loved ones that have gone before us, and friends and family, 
And Jesus gets to take bread and he gets to take this juice and we get to have that moment with God in his presence, in glory. Communion encourages us to look within. Encourages us to look at our own heart to say, God, reveal my flaws to me. God, show me what I need to work on. Show me the things in my life that I need to surrender to you that I've been holding on to for far too long. Communion. It encourages us to look back, to thank God for the sacrifice that was made on my behalf, to say, Jesus, thank you. Because here's the reality. I don't think that as Jesus sat here with the disciples that he was excited about what was coming. In fact, I think the complete opposite. I think there might have been a little shake in his hands as he was holding that bread. As he was saying, this is my body broken for you. And in the back of his mind, he's saying, man, that's going to hurt. Then he took that juice. And I got to think there may have been a little quiver in his hand as he poured that juice out knowing that he's telling the disciples, this is what's going to happen to my blood in just a couple of hours. But in a moment that they were celebrating what God had done for them in the past with the Passover feast, Jesus is saying, you know what? I want to give everybody that lives from this moment on something to always be able to look back to. Something to always be able to say, I remember what Jesus did for me. I remember the sacrifice that was made for me. Because Jesus took something as simple as juice and bread and said, I want to change people's lives with this. So every time you have this again, always remember me. And the third and final thing that communion encourages us to do And it encourages us to look ahead, to be excited about being able to someday, just like he said in Matthew 26, 29, I will not drink this until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Someday we get that. And so today, in just a couple of moments, we're going to take communion together. Our sanctuary hosts are going to prepare to take or to come and to prepare the elements. They're going to start in the front. They're going to pass it down the rows, moving from the front and to the back. I'm going to pray before we do this. But here's what I encourage you to do today. As you hold those elements, our band, when I pray, is going to come out, and they're going to sing a song. And as you hold these elements during this song, I encourage you to look within. I encourage you to reflect back, and I encourage you to look ahead. And if you've never asked Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to pray this simple prayer and you say, God, thank you for the sacrifice that was made on my behalf through your son, Jesus Christ. Forgive me of my sins and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for that sacrifice. God, I thank you for your son coming and dying for me, God. God, I pray right now for every person in this room that is going to take of the communion elements. God, I pray that they they look within, that they ask the difficult questions, God, and they say, God, what are the things in my life 
that I need to reflect on? What are the things in my life that I need to change, that I need to give to you? Where am I being about me 100% and part-time about you? God, I encourage them to look within. God, I pray right now for every person that holds these communion elements, that they look back, that they reflect on the sacrifice that you made on their behalf, and that they do so with excitement, and they do so with gratitude, God. And then I encourage them to look ahead, to someday be able to do this with you in your Father's house. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or facebook.com slash cantonchurchga.com.